Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Deuteronomy contains a lengthy section, 13 chapters actually, where Moses rehearsed or repeated the law that had come down from Jehovah on Mount Sinai. He was repeating it to a new generation of the children of Israel that had never heard it before. We come today to the final program dealing with this rehearsal of the law and how it concluded gloriously with the children of Israel declaring that they would keep these commandments and walk in them. And Moses saying to them, Today you have declared Jehovah to be your God, and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments, and his judgments, and listen to his voice. And he will set you high above all the nations which he has made, for praise and for a name and for honor, and that you will be a holy people to Jehovah your God, as he has spoken. Francis Ball has joined us as uh, we have the honor and blessing of uh, touching this final program, dealing with the rehearsal of the law. Quite a glorious finish, wasn't it, Francis? Certainly is. You know, it's quite interesting how this repetition came about, because uh, the law was given by Moses back at Mount Sinai, and then there were those years Mm -hmm. in the wilderness after the law was given when uh, the people were going through the wilderness, and a whole generation died there in the wilderness. Now, There's a new generation has come up, and they were not there when the law was given. Most all the people have died except Moses and Joshua and Caleb. Now Moses is about to go, and the law has to be repeated and even rehearsed, not enlarged, but some amount of explanation and application is given to the law while it's being repeated. So we're in this stage right now in our program where we're seeing the repetition of that law, and we've been seeing it over several programs now. Now we come to the end of this repetition of the law and bringing the people into a place where they will have to fight the battle in order to possess the land that God has given them. You know, when you read uh, these chapters in Deuteronomy, uh, there's so many accounts of these uh, very detailed statutes and minor ordinances, as you said, that were uh, uh, added to explain the law and develop it even further. But uh, we haven't been able to touch all of them by any means in our radio programs. We've touched a number of them, but I've been uh, really touched along the way, Francis, as to how each one has really given us another glimpse of the person that gave the law, the person behind the law, and of course that is Jehovah God, and uh, to us, uh, Christ Jesus, who really lives this kind of life out from within us. It's been something, hasn't it? That really is a marvelous thing, because the one who gives the law, just expressing himself, so we know him by the law that he gave. And so many uh, of these instances have shown us the fine 
uh, righteous, just, fair, and yet loving and caring God that uh, is behind this law. And uh, what a picture it is even for the kind of life that should be lived out among God's people today. Well, most recently, uh, we've been talking about God's people being uh, formed into an army and the fighting aspect. And now today we come to uh, another related matter, and that is that this army was to be kept in a camp. And the details regarding the camp are even quite revealing, as I think we'll see today. Let's look at a couple of these verses before we join Witness Lee for our first portion of his fellowship today. In chapter 23, it says, When you as a camp go forth against your enemies, you shall keep yourself from every evil thing. For Jehovah your God walks in the midst of your camp to rescue you and deliver up your enemies before you. Therefore your camp shall be holy, and he must not see any indecent thing among you, lest he turns back from going after you. Actually, Francis, if we read all of these verses, it gets quite graphic and detailed, the degree to which Jehovah was commanding that the camp be kept clean, doesn't it? God is holy, and he's coming with his people. He must have a clean place to come, and that's really what he's dealing with here, I believe. Let's go to Witness Lee. When the children of Israel, as a camp, went forth against their enemies, they were to keep themselves from every evil thing. In the uh, camp of God, all these dirty things should be uh, cleared up. It is a camp, but it is a place that God would be there. And this means the church as God's fighting camp must be clear and must be clean. There was not to be a prostitute among the daughters of Israel. Nor was there to be a homosexual among the sons of Israel. Both of them were an abomination to Jehovah. God's thought is very human. He liked to see man be produced. He liked to see the male and female come together to produce. This was the reason that God was happy about marriage. Do you like to see marriage? Yes. For what purpose? For man's existence. For man's reproduction. So we must honor marriage and we must not damage marriage. This is why God hates any kind of damage to marriage anyway. This is why God encouraged us to get married. Right away after God created man, God did say, you have to fill up the earth. In other words, is to replenish the entire earth, to cover the whole earth with mankind. God likes this. This was the reason God liked to see the young people to get together, married. But today, they are getting together is not for man's existence, neither for man's reproduction, just for something else. That is hateful in the eyes of God. Even young people coming together without any marriage. Yeah, they live together. What is that? That is a sin. That is abominable. You have to get married properly according to God's purpose and for God's purpose. And you have to know, God is also more happy to see one after another child 
produced by you. This refers to church life. So we all have to be reproductive. If we are barren, there's a shame to God. God be happy to see that we are in a situation to produce, to bear fruit, to be fruitful, not to be fruitless, not to be barren. God's his barrenness. Francis, uh, this relationship, this aspect that he touched in this portion has on the positive side everything to do with being fruitful and replenishing, producing, and this is something that satisfies God very, very much. But he also took the occasion, uh, Witness Lee, when he was sharing this, to speak a fatherly word, correcting word, a sober word, and I maybe ask you if you have the same feeling and burden that you would say something uh, touching either or both of these points. Chris, I was quite impressed with the way he uh, brought this out because now you look at the children of Israel in this light. Here they are now, a new generation, and they're entering into the good land where they're having to fight their way through to possess this land and to work on it and to uh, produce something from it. And to bring in this matter of marriage in this way was quite instructive to me that uh, God wants a good situation a good high standard situation. The Bible uses the word cult prostitute. Yeah. should not be among the people. And uh, that touched me very much because when I was considering this word cult prostitute, of course, prostitution is very ugly and very dirty in the eyes of God, very sinful. But uh, to use that word cult prostitute made me realize a cult is really to turn people away from the true God mm. and to worship something else or to enjoy something else besides God himself. So this is the thing that's so dirty in God's eyes that there should be a thing among God's people like this was really a, a dishonor to him and made it impossible for him as a holy God to be among his people and to fight the battles for them and to take care of them. So here they are now, they're camping, and their camp needs to be kept clean. And cleanliness here, it is true that this cleanliness has a lot to do with the physical situation, their physical body. And it's quite graphic how he points this out in this camping, that it must be kept clean. That means, spiritually speaking, it means nothing evil. But morally speaking, it means nothing immoral. Right. And nothing dirty should uh, be in our camp. I was reminded by this of uh, being in the Navy for about four years to realize how much cleanliness is emphasized in camps. There's all kinds of provisions made to keep everything clean. Even when I was on an island in the South Pacific, we had a good shower situation. Mm. Sometimes it was only a, a big water bag hung off of a tree, <laughs> but uh, it was made so that you could keep clean. And this is very important in God's view, too. And here we're not only talking about physical, but we're talking about the spiritual cleanliness and the moral cleanliness. God is speaking very much in human terms here. Yeah, and it, uh, it is graphic, but uh, on the spiritual side uh, and the effect on uh, the condition of the people that was at risk if these things like prostitution and uh, homosexuality were allowed to exist in the camp of God's people. Uh, and certainly this is uh, easy to see an application of today mm. and, the, and the corruption that has really overtaken our society and large portions of it, uh, but especially the church would be uh, preserved from this yes. kind of thing. 
Well, Francis, that really concludes, in a sense, his speaking on these statutes and judgments, Moses speaking, that is, in these chapters. Uh, I want to jump now to chapter 26, which uh, brings us into kind of the glorious conclusion that the people of Israel enjoyed with Moses and with Jehovah on this day. Uh, This day, Jehovah your God is commanding you to do these statutes and these judgments. Therefore, you shall keep them and do them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have declared Jehovah to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments, and his judgments and listen to his voice. And today Jehovah has declared you to be a people for his personal treasure. Wonderful, intimate uh, connection here between God and his people by these verses is seen, isn't it? It certainly is. To think that God has taken us as his peculiar treasure. Yes. This is really a a sweet relationship that we have with a holy God. Hmm. And uh, it's really marvelous how he's bringing us into this kind of uh, living so that we have our relationship with so many different situations. We're now under the light with what he's spoken. All this time he's shined all the light into his people. Now he's saying that if they will honor him and be faithful and they will keep it in the statutes that he's given, then he will be with them. And he will deliver them from all their enemies, and they will be victorious. And the nation that in some places is called the tail will become the head, uh-huh. will be honored. Let's go back to Witness Lee for a little bit more fellowship on this point. Now we come to the end of the rehearsal of the commandment. The concluding word of this section to the children of Israel, when Moses finished the rehearsal of the law. On that day, Jehovah their God was commanding them to do these statutes and judgments. Moses used 13 chapters to cover the rehearsal of the law. They were to keep them and do them with all their heart and with all their soul. On that day, on the day when Moses finished this rehearsal of the law, The children of Israel had declared Jehovah to be their God and that they would walk in his ways and keep his commandment and his judgment and listen to his voice. This was a vow. On that day, the children of Israel have to declare such a vow to Jehovah. Then on that day, on the same day, Jehovah had declared them to be a people for his personal treasure. They declared to God, now God declared to them that God would take them as his people for his personal treasure, even as he promised them, and that they would keep all his commandments. There is a condition for God to keep them as his personal treasure, and this condition is that they have to keep all his commandments. If not, they become a kind of a displeasure to him, and that he would set them high above all the nations. All the nations will praise them for a name and for honor, and that they would be a holy people to Jehovah their God, as he had spoken. These are the words of a conclusion to this section of 13 chapters. Francis, I think we touched uh, 
many of the things he talked about, even as we were uh, preparing to listen to uh, his fellowship. But I, I, I was touched by one point near the end here. His promise to them that if they would keep this condition that uh, is preserved by all of these details that we've seen, uh, his desire was to lift them up as a people. This really shows God has something quite high in mind for his people. It's his heart's desire if we allow him to uh, gain what he desires, doesn't he? You know, it seems like even with Israel, as it is with us today, it's not a matter of what we can do and how faithful we can be, but it's a matter of how we respond and how we're willing to cooperate with God. He's the God of promise. He's the God of hope. He's the God that can provide everything and will really make us victorious, but he just needs our cooperation. He doesn't need our doing and our effort. He needs our cooperation. So I feel like this is really very much like what we uh, see in the New Testament, that if we would just pray according to God's prayer, according to the prayer that Christ is praying, we would echo what he's wanting to do on the earth. The Lord can do everything he wants to do if we just open to him, give him that opportunity. That's a very appropriate way to uh, come to the conclusion of this portion. Uh, What we're seeing, and it's not too much to remind ourselves and the listeners again, Francis, as you just pointed out, we're not seeing a standard set before us for us to achieve and to strive to because all of these fine, detailed points are just beyond our human reach. But these are really the attributes of the divine life that God would have lived out in his people. And if uh, we trust in him and trust in that life operating within us, then it's a whole other matter altogether, isn't it? Rather than trying to uh, strive after such a high, lofty, ethical, and moral standard that we've seen. Yes, it certainly is is high, but only God can accomplish it. Well, we've got uh, one portion left in this section of uh, Deuteronomy. Let's go to Witnessly for that now. And uh, it's a kind of a summary and really encapsulates all of these high points into a few main basic principles that we can extract from this long section on the rehearsal of the law. Here's Witness Lee once more. The governing principles of our behavior implied in this section of 13 chapters are, number one, to our God, we have to be sanctified and fearing. We fear God and we like to be separated, sanctified unto him as a holy people. Number two, to ourselves, to be righteous and pure, to be strict, very strict, no looseness. We have to be just, we have to be righteous, and we have to be pure. Number three, to our others, to be kind and generous, always kind, to give, don't be so strict. Be strict toward yourself, but not to others. And uh, number four, toward animals, to be sparing, if to spare the little bird, if to spare the ox which works for you, to be sparing and sympathetic. If you could sympathize with uh, the animals, surely you would and could sympathize with people. Five, toward the devil, Satan, to be rejecting and separated. Rejecting him and separate yourself from him. These are the five principles according to such a long section concerning God's law. 
These are the five principles that should govern our behavior. Five directions toward God, toward yourself, toward others, toward the animals, and toward the devil, the enemy, Satan. In this book, you could see one thing that is very particular. That is concerning how God is, or what God is. No other book is so much on this point. The God manifested in this book is fine, is tender, is considerate, as sympathetic. In this book, God is not only loving, merciful, gracious, and so forth. He's fine. He's very fine, very tender, and very considerate, and very sympathetic. This is our God. He is not only great, mighty, but he is so fine, so tender, so considerate. Well, as is usually the case, Francis, uh, we could have just remained silent and just let him say it, because I, I can't think of a better summary uh, for this whole long section than these five principles that uh, God has laid down to govern how we should be towards uh, these five different entities. Really something, isn't it? It really is, and it shows us what kind of God he is. You know, so much people are so occupied with the God of love and forgiveness, mm-hmm. but this also shows us that God is righteous, holy, and requiring, but he's not requiring anything that we can do. He's requiring only an opportunity to do what he wants to do for us. Wow. So uh, in our relationship and all these principles that he laid out, we have a clear view here that it takes a person that's really born of God, that has God's life and has a heart for God that can be uh, sanctified and fearful of God in the proper way and could also be righteous and pure regarding himself, really touching his own uh, need, realize that we're not righteous, we're not pure, so we need another life. And I think this is what this, all these principles show us in our relationship with others, mm-hmm. even with, as he brought out, with, even with animals. Right, that was It telling. really shows yeah. what kind of person we are and what kind of person God is. I could easily kick the dog if he didn't just do what I want him to do. But the Lord's attitude toward animals is to be sparing and to be sympathetic and not mistreat them. And then, of course, toward Satan. We're too ready to give Satan the ground and excuse ourselves. But here we have to be separated. We have to reject everything that's evil. And Satan is the evil influence on the whole earth. To be rejecting toward him and to be separate from him is is a safe principle for us to go by. So we have all these things laid out before us in a very conclusive way here. shows us that God has revealed himself in his law, so we know what kind of God he is. We had a couple of programs recently, and Witness Lee was talking about how he loves this book of Deuteronomy because you see details that open up this fineness and the tenderness and the compassion of God far more than you can from any of the New Testament books. Uh, Those books are more general in their description of God. It really takes these details to see these points that become so precious once the light is put on them just properly. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord for the Old Testament as well as the New. That is really a true statement, especially when we get to see it in this light of God's economy from end to end. It's really one book, isn't it? It really is. 
Francis, I've uh, always enjoyed our times together and uh, your perspective and outlook. And uh, some of these things that are difficult to handle, I appreciate years of experience and wisdom, and it adds a good touch to our program. And I hope you're uh, able to join us uh, frequently. And it's always my pleasure to be with you, Chris. Thanks. We'd love to hear from you. Our toll-free number is one eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box twenty one twenty one, Anaheim, California. 92814 or you can send email to us radio at lsm.org is the way to do that for Francis Ball I'm Chris Wilde thank you very much for listening thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee brought to you by Living Stream Ministry If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry, or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.